Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Two thumbs up. Ready to go. Did they ever give like one thumb up, one thumb down? No, yeah, no, they did. They did. I guess because it was two thumbs. Because like each of them up. had a thumb. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to episode one ninety of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast. Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm just chilling right now. I'm Sam, and I make pictures. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is February twenty grind team. Mm, February. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, we have a profanity warning. Profanity warning. Profanity is going to be it. Warning. 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 It's going to be in there. <laughs> warning. Warning. Uh, we'd also like to thank our donors over at moneygrab.bscotch.net who have bought us some coffees, which, uh, you know, allow us to be awake are they while we record the podcast. Maybe more like baristas since they're oh, giving yeah, us true. coffee. They are. Uh, yeah. It's sort of an anti-barista, but except that they're they paying are paying them. us, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> to give us not, coffee. They're paying us to give so us we're baristas. They're, they're, <laughs> they, well, no, because we're not giving them coffee in return. You know, they're mm. they're just. I don't know if there's a good real world analog. Well, for I this think situation. these are these are our coffee dates. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, I like and it. They're, and they're picking up the tab. Yeah, so it's you know, really nice. Appreciate Very that. nice. I feel so warm and fuzzy. Uh, okay, so we need to talk about life. I need to talk about. I played EVE Online all fucking weekend. Mm. This is the first time in a long time that I've just like, just gamed the whole weekend. And it was spectacular. Mm. Something that happened I need to share with you guys. Yeah, tell us the, spin us a tale. All right, so so for those unfamiliar with EVE Online, it's a game where, it's sort of a sandbox game. Players go into this universe, they build spaceships and fight each other, and you can build uh, structures in space called citadels that you can live in, like a space castle. Um, you mentioned it's both sandbox and castle. Yeah. Are there any games that are just actually in a sandbox? Uh, I think Minecraft castles? is probably the closest. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. You know? Okay. More of a dirt box or a <laughs> rock, or box. A rock box. Uh-huh, but, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's this guy who joined our group, and we live in, in wormhole space. Okay. So there's sort of two areas of space. There's, there's wormhole space, and then there's known space. Wormhole space, the only way you can navigate – this is important for a little mm-hmm. bit later in the story – the only way you can get around between wormhole systems is by using special scanning equipment and finding wormholes that connect the two solar systems together. Okay. okay? And those wormholes, uh, they only last for about a day and they also collapse over time as ships pass through them. It sort of uses up the, the mass of the wormhole. Okay. So if too much, if too much activity is going through a wormhole, boom, it's gone. Right. So if you live in wormhole space, then you have these new connections appearing and disappearing to different areas of space all, all the, the time, time, right? Okay. So we live in this wormhole, and we got this new guy in our group. He's about three-month-old pilot, and his name's Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his that's his space name. Like, he's making his character for this, this epic, epic space universe conquest. sandbox, and he's like, what? Do I need to call myself to what really – To my soul. To really <laughs> strike fear to the hearts of my space enemies mm-hmm. – Brian. I'm Brian. I'm space shaking Brian. in my space okay. boots already. So Brian does this thing that a lot of new characters do, a lot of new players do. He gets his heart set on a particular ship. He loves this ship, and he's like, I'm going to train up. I'm going to learn how to fly this ship. He finally gets it yesterday. 
and he is trying to figure out what to put on it because it's it's complicated. There's like all these slots. You got to figure mm-hmm. out what weapons to put on it. Yeah, you don't just buy a ship. You don't just buy a ship. You basically get like a shell and yeah. then you plug in a bunch of stuff. And there's right? this whole art in the game called fitting, which is like you can put pretty much anything you want on mm-hmm. any ship. And so doing it well is, a, is an art, you know, in and mm-hmm. of itself. So he's like talking to the rest of us, trying to figure out what do I what do I put on this? His ship's called the Megathron. That's the it's a big it's a big battleship. <laughs> Mega, Brian's Megathron. So uh-huh. Brian's got this Megathron, and he's okay. he's super pumped about it. We we help him get get it set up properly, you know. And so he's flying around the wormhole. And this is a battleship. It's a big ship, right? So when he's jumping through the wormholes, mm. you know, it kind of destabilizes them a little bit because it's taking up right? a lot of okay. a lot of mass, right? Mm-hmm. So Brian's jumping around, and, and and we've got some new wormholes opening up around us, and and so we're checking out what's in there and uh, there's not a lot going on. So some of us are like, okay, no problem. We're just off in different corners of space doing various activities. But Brian is determined to, to find some action with his new – He wants new, to fight some of them. He wants to shit. fight some of them yeah. with this new Megathron. So Brian's roaming around and finally he's like, I see somebody. I'm going to get him. And we're like, all right, Brian, go, you go do it, man, because we're all on voice chat with mm-hmm. each other. So, so Brian's like, I'm engaging. I've got him. I'm, I'm going to engage. So he starts fighting this guy and he's like, I don't think I'm going to win. And we're like, oh no, but these fights take a while. These fights take like five to 10 minutes because okay. these ships are really big and it takes a while mm-hmm. to kind of chip them, them up. down. Right. And so, so Brian starts panicking and we're like, oh God, uh, we should, we should help out. So several of us kind of drop what we're doing. We fly back to our space station, change out to some ships that we can, you know, help, help fight with. And we go there. And we, and then one of our guys who's a more experienced player sees the person who Brian has attacked and he's like, oh no, <laughs> we're going to need a lot more ships. Cause it turns out that Brian had attacked a guy who was part of the third largest mercenary group oh, in the whole, shit. in the whole game. <laughs> so then. So Brian's first fight is basically like a random. He starts a war. Pirate <laughs> leader. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then, so then our, our guy who, who kind of leads things, he's, we're on, we're all in voice chat. He's like, everybody combat ships now get to the station. Shit's about to go down. We're like, oh God. So sure enough, we get like six of us. We're helping Brian. And then like, and then like seven oh, enemy geez. ships just warp in on us. And we're like, fuck. Uh, and they're all like quicker ships. Cause they got there onto the scene really fast. So they're kind of smaller ones. We take a few of them out. We blow up a bunch. We kind of scatter them and we win. Like we win the fight. We, we do lose Brian's Megathron. <laughs> uh, fortunately, he had, had managed to get a backup Megathron that he said he was keeping in the station. So, he, so he leaves, go gets, goes and gets his backup Megathron. And we're like, we're clearing the field. We're picking up the wrecks. And we're like, we did it, guys. We did it. Uh, but then we're thinking, we should get the hell out of here because yeah. <laughs> this is about to go real sideways. So we stay in our combat ships. We go back to our home, our home system. And this wormhole that we've been going back and forth through is starting to get a little bit rocky, mm-hmm. like it's starting to destabilize. Uh, and you can see the wormhole kind of shrinks, like as ships pass through it, you can see it kind of losing size. So, so we're oh, waiting, yeah. we're waiting. And then, and then all of a sudden, like 10 more ships come through. And these are beasts, like these are monster ships. And they start kicking the shit out of us. We blow up a couple of them and we keep losing ships, but we're like right next to our home base. So you just keep on getting new So they're ships. blowing us up. And when your ship blows up, you're in a little skate pod. So we fly back, grab a new ship, come back. <laughs> and, and it's like a meat grinder. And we're just like, throw, we're just like throwing our ships uh-huh. at these guys. And pretty soon we just are, are out of ships. Like we only have like four ships left total in our, like our whole group. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them are capable of fighting. of fighting in any kind of reasonable way. So these guys, they've won. Like they're starting to taunt us. 
they've they've got like 10 ships and they start coming after our, our gas refinery structure and they're like trying to blow up the stuff that we have. And so so we don't have anything left to do. We're just sitting in the station, kind of like watching this go down. One of our guys is like, I'm going to get him. And so he like he he goes over to the refinery, starts manning the guns on the refinery, <laughs> trying to shoot him. Nothing's happening. And uh, and we're sitting there scratching our heads. We're like, we have no options here. Mm-hmm. They're just going to blow everything up. But then we thought they might not have this this system mapped out. They might not have they might not know any other wormholes except the one that oh, they that, came in. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're Which like almost destabilized. Yeah, we're like, if we can start to collapse it, they'll panic and they'll have to leave or else they're trapped here. Uh-huh. Right. And they, none of them have scanners. None of them can find other wormholes. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, it's like that. You're trapped yeah, here with me. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> so we're like, all right, so we have ships that we can't do anything with, but we can destabilize wormholes. So we send our, so we start sending our ships at like, just go through the wormhole, come back, go through the wormhole, come back. They see this happening. They all turn off and they start bailing out as they're leaving. Brian. As they're, no, as they're, as they're <laughs> leaving, as they're leaving, one guy on like the wormhole collapses as their fleet is going through it. And one of their guys doesn't make it through <laughs> and he's stuck. Okay. And we're like, yes, we're going to fight. Like this is our victory that Perfect. we needed. Right. So we get this guy, we all warp in on him. We've got him trapped. And then the rest of us, like, we all get in our shitty tiny ships, all that we have left. And we jump on this guy, blow him up. And his uh, his little escape pod gets away, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, we're not going to. Not this time. And he's got no way out. He can't go anywhere because he's in an escape pod, right? He can't he can't find another wormhole. Right. He can't do anything. All he can do is just warp around from planet to planet, just go, just warping around, trying to not get caught. So one of our guys has a ship called a flycatcher, which is <laughs> which is specifically meant for catching very tiny, fast things that are otherwise kind of mm-hmm. hard to get. And so, so we're all in like whatever small ships we have trying to find this pod. We're trying to get him. The flycatcher, they get him. They find this guy, uh-huh. they trap him, they put him, they put a big warp bubble so he can't, stuck. he can't get out. And uh, we catch him and we're like, everybody get over here. We got to jump on this guy. And we get on him and we're like, all right, buddy, <laughs> you give us one billion isk and we will, we will show you the way out. We'll show you, we'll, we'll get us, we'll get you out of here. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. And then boom, he self-destructs <laughs> and he's like, peace. And then that was it. And then Brian afterwards was like, Did, was that my fault? <laughs> We're like, yes, yes Brian, Brian. <clears throat> but that's fine. Cause it was, it was awesome. So that was, that was my Sunday afternoon. That's fantastic. <laughs> Very good. That's what happened. It's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, get to throw a bunch of people into a, a place that's that or a, a game that's that emergent in terms of the stuff that can go down. It's a, but the great thing about it is there was stories. no point to any of it. Yeah. No, none of it. Like Brian just like, wanted to and, test out his Yeah. His everybody Megatron, was you know? just doing it to have fun. Like yeah. the, the reason they came in and attacked us was not because of like a big military thing. They were just like, Oh yeah, we get to fight people. And yeah. That was the whole point of it, you know? <laughs> so it was a great time. Uh, and then that, that, that was it. When I logged off, I was like, I'm going to be done for the day. That's, I can't, can't I can't do it. <laughs> can't have more than that. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Dumplefest. Yeah. So while well, Seth was busy flying spaceships <laughs> over the weekend, uh, my wife and I celebrated the Chinese New Year by having a dumpling making party. So basically what we yeah. do is, so, and, and according to tradition, you want to eat as many dumplings as possible because they symbolize money bags. So it's like, oh, that's cool. You stack your fortune for the year, right? And so we have friends over and then, and we've done this now, I think uh, two other times where 
we basically transform our kitchen into like a dumpling making factory. And the rule is, if you want to eat, you've got to work. So we get everybody in there, and then we were rolling out dough. So we made everything by hand, rolling out dough, uh, chopping it up. Someone's on. Like, so they really do symbolize money bags in that sense. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> you got to work for it. So yeah, someone's rolling them out um, into little, you know, little pancakes, and then everybody learns how to fold. And then uh, after our first batch, because basically like, we'd make a ton of them, they would be they would cook really quick, and then we would go sit down and eat them. Come back to the kitchen, make another round. So we did this three times. We made I think like 180 or something like that dumplings over the course of the evening. Nice. So a tremendous amount of food. But uh, after the first batch, randomly I just so I turned around uh, from rolling and I saw that there's just two people who are currently actively folding. Everyone else was kind of chatting, and they're on opposite sides of our little like IKEA kitchen island thing. And it just looked like a face off. And so I was like, we're gonna have a dumpling tournament. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's going to be a speed-based a tournament, tournament to see who can fold the fastest. Oh. And so, is there a quality yeah, there bar? bar? There is a quality okay. bar. So we had uh, one of our one of our people became the judge, and so her job was to check for holes. And then if if they were like tied on speed, then she would pick the one that was like the best, the most well done. Did you only make? Was it like one dumpling at a time, or was it it's like, just one dumpling? So you yeah. you just you get your little pancake. So everything thing. rides on the one dumpling. So it's, not like, it's not like make five dumplings as fast as you can. No, okay. No. So it's really quick. So you get like your one little pancake, and then you put the meat in it, and then we go uh, three, two, one, dump it off, and then they <laughs> start folding as quickly as they can. Um, and so it started off as this just like kind of you know goofy thing that we were doing, but very quickly everyone got into it because of course we'd had some booze, everyone's full of dumplings. It's like a very enjoyable thing. And so we ended up having this tournament bracket structure just like emerges where uh, people are dueling each other essentially. And then we end up with uh, well, one of the guys who was like the the second the second runner up uh, ended up having to leave a little early. And so it became me versus who we called the raid boss, which was uh, a friend of ours who was the one who was judging everything. So she hadn't actually participated because she was too good at making dumplings. <laughs> um, and so uh-huh. then we had to fight her. And so we had done one previous round where it was one handed. Uh, and then we, with her, it was actually blind. So you had to keep your eyes closed the entire time. While <laughs> um, and she managed to, she did it in like 10 sec, just like, just blind, not even blind looking one at hand. it. She just like slams Perfect. it down on the tray and it was hysterical. Um, but my favorite one is, is I was actually against my wife, Diana, and we're like, both of us are going and, uh, we were doing it one handed. So we're going, 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 going. And I finished mine, slam it down. And then, uh, look over and Diana's still going. She just starts screaming. She's like, how did you do that? And then she's finishing it up. And then as soon as she finishes it, she pinches it shut and she goes to pick it up to put it on the tray and just throws it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> just acts like flipped just it like, up. Boom, on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was a, it was that's not, how, that's not how you dumple. That's not how you dumple. No, it's not how you finish it. Was very fun. So who was kind of the reigning dumple champ? I mean, aside, I mean obviously aside from the, the one I mean, I ended up taking up, you know, runner up. Against the raid boss. Did you have? Um, it's pretty good. I mean, it was much slower and much more terrible than she was. Though. So, was quality bar in tennis. There's a rating system. You know, where you get four point five or five. Mm. Like, and you only play really against people in your bracket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, obviously, this one-handed blind dumple folder was <laughs> like a seven point. Different bracket. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah she's Everybody else was probably in the fours. I think so. Yeah. So Real against noobs. your own sort of bracket, that was pretty good. You were yeah. doing pretty I'm good. Doing pretty good. That's yeah. good. Well, the problem though with of being in a bracket is that you're actually never good within your bracket if you if you make the brackets fine enough to where they're appropriate, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. then you're always just one person alone in your own bracket. 
This is actually this is reminds me of some one of the problems that we're trying to figure out with level head, which is the idea of of sorting levels by difficulty. Yep. Because if you bracket levels out by difficulty, then people who seek out that difficulty will go play it, which means better players. Yep. Which, which then, then lowers those, those. Yeah, those things will appear to become easier over time. Yeah. Because more people will be beating them. But then they get easier. Then they fall into a lower bracket. Now they're really hard. Yeah. And then they go back up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's the difficulty yo-yo. Yeah, it's weird. So it turns out that, you know, having a dumpling bracket tournament could teach you something about sorting levels. There's always a, a lesson. Yeah. There's always a lesson. Yeah. Or even even we're talking about this uh, this question of we have uh, expiring questions on the on the podcast page mm-hmm. where we say like, oh, yeah, they'll expire in four weeks. And then we thought maybe that's too long. We want to make sure we have enough questions. But it's also possible that having a long expiration timer reduces the likelihood that somebody will ask a question because mm-hmm. if there's a lot of questions already, mm-hmm. right? So you have this like self-perpetuating yep. feedback Where's problem. The balance? We don't know where the balance is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyways. Uh, and then Adam, you you watched DC Comics. You watched yeah, – uh, my, my wife and I did a DC Comics marathon. Mostly because I've been wanting to watch Wonder Woman for a thousand You haven't years. actually seen it. Oh. No, because uh, my wife has to be in the right mood to watch – Action movies in particular, she likes action. And apparently, movies, this week requires a mood. It was every. She was just and really going. This, this weekend, <laughs> she was ready for it, and so we just like we just fucking went in, mm-hmm. just went in there, and we actually started with. I think we started with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and like, and and finally watched that. And you like that, that was, guitar lick where it's like. <laughs> That's the one. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, it pretty much That's really sick. <laughs> Super sick. Um, I can't believe you nailed it. it just yeah. exactly. Honestly, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, but it was a good impression of whatever it is that you're talking yep. about. Definitely. I know what you're talking about. You, know, okay. you don't know what I'm talking I've been li- about? But uh-huh. I've been listening to the soundtrack as part of my epic games and movies soundtrack list. Oh, so okay. I know, yeah, the, I know the, the epic guitar lick that they do. When There's a lot of epicness just in general, so I don't know. Is it a guitar? It might not even be a guitar. It, it is. It's probably a banjo. Very strange choice for Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Uh, doesn't really fit her theme. Mm-hmm. It somehow it had a good kind of eclectic feel to it. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, with the, I think they were going after the hipster audience. Yeah, Wait, why were you guys catching up? I guess because you just hadn't seen him. And uh, it was basically that my that my wife was in the the movie watching mood zone, mm-hmm. and so so she was ready. And I was like, I was like, and Wonder Woman was back to rent again. And so I said, I'm either watching this by myself right now, or you're watching it with me mm-hmm. because it's only four dollars to rent it. Because I, I only watch movies. Six months after they've been released, once they are available to Play. rent on Google Play, right? <laughs> so, so it was available again. I missed the window the last time, and there was only like you to buy it for twenty dollars or whatever. So I was just like waiting for this rental window to come back. So it did. So I was like, we're gonna watch this. So we did, and then and then and Jenny was in the mood now too to like she was now in the DC Comics. That's good. Right? Yeah. So so I was like, okay, well, you never saw Superman either. Mm. So then. We did that, and she wasn't expecting it to be. She was like, "I don't really care about Superman. He's just so overpowered." And like, yep. cares, which in general, like, in general, I agree with. But I really like this movie. Mm. I think they did a good job with it. Yeah. And so, so we watched that. She was like, "Oh, that was that was good. That was fun." So I said, "Okay, well, the next one is you know, Batman versus Superman." And did you see the first Superman? Yeah, we watched the, the first. Okay. And cool. so, so we were, you know, so but, but I also had heard very mixed things about that one. Yeah. But, but I and I had not seen it, and so, but I said I still. While we're in it, we're just gonna we're just gonna round this thing out. Mm-hmm. So so we did, and I actually still really enjoyed that one too. Um, but there was a really there was a recurring thing I noticed about these about not one woman because that was done by different different uh, yeah one person was it was spectacular all the yeah. way through. But the other movies, which mm-hmm. I think were made by uh, what's his name Snipe, Snyder something Wesley um, Snipes Wesley Snyder <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and he it, it has this recurring thing where f- 
So these are all comic movies, right? Right. They're clearly bullshit. That's like their whole thing. Their yeah. whole thing is like fake They're science and yeah. magic and it's all it's all imaginary stuff. Um, Marvel does a really good job of like – of just knowing where you're going to be incredulous and giving you one layer deeper, right, of, mm. of explanation. And it's not a good explanation. It's just – So they're like vibranium. Exactly. It absorbs exactly, impacts. Right? They, they give you something. <laughs> Therefore, technology yeah, and yeah. magic. They give you just enough that, that it lets you kind of buy it, you know, even mm. though you – you, as long as you don't think about it too hard. Um, but everything that happens, you always think about it at least a little bit. So because you're always like, right. well, why is the bad guy doing this? You know, why are they doing whatever? Right. Something about these Superman movies, uh, both of them, it's it just always felt like he didn't predict when like the, where the incredulity was going to come from. And so he didn't bother to explain it enough. Right. I think I had this. Yeah, I think I had a similar reaction. I think that was Superman. my main that was my main problem with the whole thing is that all the parts where, where I, I wanted to believe I wanted to buy in right. you're like, give me one sentence yeah, yeah, I, just needed, I just needed anything yeah. to hold on to it didn't and it didn't have to make it didn't have to be good I didn't need it to be good I yeah, just, you needed, just need a little explanation I needed a little something isn't that weird though because like we know inherently that the whole thing is fake I know but like but when watching a movie we always know that but, but there's something about it's but internal consistency yeah, yeah right. it has to be consistent it, yeah. right and so when it's stuff like uh, so in this in the in the Superman whichever the First one of the new one. I don't know how to describe these movies anymore because they keep being rebooted. Yep. being uh, rebooted. But so so in this one, there's this whole you know world engine thing, and they're all like, okay, when you're gonna we're gonna terraform the Earth now, and blah blah blah. Right. And they never address the question, why not just terraform some other planet? Or a better question is, why would they terraform the Earth? Because under its current conditions, they get to be basically yeah. gods. Yeah. So they could just leave it alone, right? And just so, live there. And they, yeah. just, they just kind of they just decide to kind of. And, and again, and, and I get it because they want they want the story to be a certain way. But they, this is the thing that I felt with that is like in Marvel, I always feel like, yeah, I know they want the story to be a certain way, but it still feels like they connected. They all got the dots. good reasons. Right. They always got good. Well, they reasons. have they have reasons at least. You they know? just have them. Maybe but that's yeah. the. <laughs> but, but there were a lot of moments in in these movies where it just truly felt like they just wanted things to be a certain way, and so they just had them be that way. Mm. And there was no, they didn't bother to sort of you Unify know connect them, all the yeah. all the dots. Um, and I think that was the point. I, I still enjoy the shit out of it. I think mm-hmm. the 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 Superman like home, like the Krypton home planet scene in the in the the first Superman whatever Man of Steel Man of Steel uh, was such a cool, interesting place, yeah. and the tech was so weird and 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 interesting from a sci-fi perspective. That mostly after that movie was over, my wife and I both were like, I want to see a movie set over just there, Krypton over there. there. Yeah, yeah it would be really spectacular. Um, so that was I, that, I just thought that was interesting that idea that. Yes, a thing can be clearly fake, and you know it's fake. You know it's all lies and made up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you but there's want to believe, some, and, and you want to believe. So you're willing to suspend all kinds of disbelief. Yeah. But even still, if people don't connect the dots enough, and, and again, and not even doing a good job, just just making a trail. You just mm-hmm. need a steady trail all the way through, so that the moments when you can't help but be incredulous because you just because you're always asking why. Why are you're things like, the way silly? Yeah, the the moments when you can't help but just want to know why a thing is a certain way. If it just feels like it is that way just because, mm-hmm. then it just pulls you back out of it and it's just frustrating. I think and this is actually one of the things I've always – the weirdest problem I've had with the Harry Potter universe is actually the fact that like yeah. the magic is – seems like it should be so easy to do because you just say a word you just and lose wrist. Stuff. Yeah. That's it. And people yeah. don't get tired. They don't get tired from casting spells. It doesn't like absorb – It doesn't come out of your body. It doesn't come out of your body. And then I read a thing about how like the shape of Harry Potter's scar is actually the shape that you do to – uh to cast that like killing spell. So right. it's like, it so is so literally so like a tiny lightning bolt. Right. I was like, 
Well, who needs to go to school? <laughs> who needs to go to school for more than like a month? And to just bank all. Why these... are all these fucking kids trying so hard to not do their homework when you get to learn how to do magic as a consequence? I mean, you get to learn That's magic true in, nor- in normal life, life anyway. Yeah, so. but it's a lot easier. It's, more, it's yeah. easier. Yeah. It's way more accessible. Way, you know? yeah, way better. Feedback. Maybe, yeah, if, if maybe you, it's if so easy. Spend, it seems pointless to you. I guess maybe. Like, I think it maybe what it is. But if you could spend a day and suddenly be able to build any website that anybody has ever seen before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who the fuck wouldn't do that? But yeah, you could always right? do it later because it only takes a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, like I. And, but the thing is, they they do enough explanation. I, I guess that's the weird thing is they don't actually explain the education, which to me is always confusing. Like, why you got to go to school for this? Like, yeah. look at this yes. defense against the dark arts. They're like, here's this giant tome that you have to learn. Yeah, I'm like, why is it a tome? There's the total instruction for any one of these spells. Yeah. Is well, like, the great thing is yeah. a tiny picture. The great thing is they do show you. Some of the spells where they'll be like, I can't remember what the one is. When Guardian Leviosa. Where you just like throw the person away mm-hmm. or whatever. There's a, there's a spell where you just like fling a person, right? That's Amazing. The, that's the grav gun spell. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they just kind of like knock a person down or uh-huh. whatever. And they, they learn that spell in like a minute. Early, yeah. they learn it in person. He's like, I'm gonna teach you this spell. He's like, you do like this. And all the kids like, Bleh! and then they like throw something, right? And he's like, good, you did it. And then for the next like three movies, anytime somebody gets into a conflict, they just use that. They're mm-hmm. just like, they just knocked the person yeah, they, down. They didn't learn any other things. Yeah, like, what the fuck we do in the other 364 <laughs> days of the year <laughs> in class? Yeah, it never, the schooling never really made sense to me in there. And, and it, yeah, and it, 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 they just, they just, it felt like I, I would, we're going to get Harry hit, Potter, we're gonna get hit by some Potterheads. We we're going to get brigaded <laughs> Potterheads. But yeah, Harry, Harry Potter felt the same way to me too, which was just that things just were intended to be a certain way. You know, yeah. there was like a certain story that, that J.K. Rowling wanted to tell mm-hmm. and it took place in this environment. And mm-hmm. so just things happened to make all that kind of come true. Uh, but it didn't really feel like it needed to be that way. And often I actually felt like it really shouldn't have been that way. And it just, it just had to, to serve the story. You know? yeah. Cause it, it was just stuff like in, in a man of steel, one of the early scenes, you know, like, so the kids like figuring out he has powers and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And he freaks out and he's like hiding in a closet. And then the teacher comes over, she's trying to get him to come out. And then, all the kids come over and they're like all like standing around this door. And Jenny was like, like, why would, why would the teacher bring all the kids out here? And I was like, for dramatic effect. <laughs> you know? like, right. but, it, but again, it's one of those things that, that, that they just keep on doing this shit. That mm-hmm. just reminds you that you're watching a movie yeah. and they're like, and they're, and that things would not be this way or don't have to be this way or whatever. And they're just doing it because they want to evoke a certain yeah. thing, you know? Hmm. And it's at some point, if you start, once you see that, it, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. it. And then you're just like, yeah, why? Yeah, so I mean, because I watched the Aquaman movie, which I know oh. it was genuinely bad. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna watch oh, it. Oh man, well, really, the thing is it's visually spectacular. Yeah, so they got at least have that. But it's like it's genuinely bad. And I I don't there's actually like you can you can still enjoy it, you yeah. know. But you Put enjoy that in it. quotes genuinely bad. Well, it's, Sam. It was crazy. It's like <laughs> A lot of their plot devices, like people would get together in a room and then there'd be this, there'd just be an explosion. <laughs> no, you're kidding. Out of nowhere. This happens like, I think four times across like a lot of expositions happening. They're like, oh, we found this thing. Boom, it explodes. And now there's a new problem, right? Literally, they they lurch from problem to problem via explosions in this context. That's basically how we handled most of our animation it is. problems. Yeah. That's, that's how you cover up holes, right? Uh-huh. So that's true. So, but I was watching it and I was like, I don't get it because you spent you spent millions of dollars making it was visually spectacular, right? Um, making all this stuff. And there were a few scenes that were just really cool, so cool. Um, but the coherency of it was just like that's mm-hmm. the thing that's always weirded me out is with with all the money that goes into a movie and all the production and the VFX and, and everything. And then the one thing that nobody apparently gives a shit about is the script. Yeah. 
which is presumably the cheapest thing to make to iterate on too. and to iterate yeah. on and to refine and the in the whole yeah. like the whole process mm-hmm. and you also don't start any of the rest of the process until you got that part yeah, unlocked right? yep. and it, that that's the part that that falls yeah, that falls it. through the cr- maybe it's just really maybe it's really hard it's probably hard mm-hmm. well, it's probably hard. well i mean it is all, hard. all of it's hard yeah. it also could be a weird like rights problem you know like maybe because like because they they buy it you know, oh, right maybe it's actually somebody? maybe maybe getting a script for a like a comic or something like that is the hardest thing to do because yeah. of the level of bureaucracy and legal yeah and maybe maybe like maybe you're just not because maybe you're not allowed to check and we've talked to people who've worked with big ips before mm-hmm. and, and so people who run game studios uh and and the nightmare surrounding being able to like you know they're they're being hired by some company to make a game based off of that company's, you know, really big IP. And or they're paying for a license, actually. Or they're or they're paying for a license yeah. to do it, which is an which is other thing. A whole right. other thing to be involved with. And then that company just will say no to everything. Yeah. Because of course they have to protect the sort of sanctity of their IP. And so if you want to make a cute version but of there, their But is of their there sanctity to Aquaman's IP? This is my question. You know what I mean? Well, no, but like think about how seriously <laughs> DC Comics takes themselves. They do. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah, it's not about Aquaman specifically. It's about just it's about general. all of it. It's yeah. about, you know, you got to treat all of your IP as sacred mm-hmm. and you yeah. got to protect and it. And so maybe yeah. when people write in these scripts and they and they say like, okay, I'm going to have this happen, you know, and then they send it send it back to DC and DC's like, well, no, because in episode, you know, five mm-hmm. of this version of one of our comics, you know, he did this. And so he would never do that. And so then you have to like, you used to start like stripping away everything, dumbing it down. Like yeah. having or, nothing you say, happen. or you say the most important thing is this other character also that's associated with Aquaman. And that's like a really crucial part of his story. And we need to make sure that we like tell that as part of this. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah, but you got to license that other character too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. pay up. No, like, shit, never mind. <laughs> I guess we'll just cut that out. Yeah. But I, I found myself in that same context. I was, I was just like, why can't, why can't you weave this together? Yeah. It's cool. The whole thing's very cool, but it's like, can you, can you just fill the bottom of the basket here instead of just yeah. giving me like a rim? Which is it. They're like, look at this Aquaman rim, and then you just fall through it, and you're like, okay, yep. <laughs> that was the right. thing. You it's know, no good. Yeah, it just, it just, it is weird when they just, they just wanted things. Like it's also the whole like Batman versus Superman thing. They just wanted the two of them to fight. Yeah, that was just a thing that had to happen. And it's like right? Superman could just kill the shit out of Batman. Yeah, so they have to set up, honest. they have to contrive all the shit to make that yeah. not. Be well, and true. also Batman's whole thing is I don't kill people. Not in this one though. And then in this That's one, he's true. like, yeah. "I'm killing this guy." But I'm just going to kill. But in that guy. movie, he was he was all about killing people. Yeah, yeah. it was see? fun. It was very fun. I movie. mean, it was like that was the first time I saw Batman, Batman with a machine gun, which was yeah. pretty hilarious. Yeah, this, I, I honestly, I really do like this version of Batman. Yeah. He's like a he's like a crusher. Yeah, like he fights people. He's and, basically he's the Punisher. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But with money, with, with money yeah. and a mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was. It was. It was interesting because, and I wanted to like them all more than I did, yep. but I still enjoyed them. I still had a good time. Um, but yeah, it was definitely the case of just like the comparison of the visual effects and how well put together it was with yeah, the, with the just story. the rockiness of the story and how much because with the I'm, not, I'm gonna try I'm not to try, try not to give away any spoilers as I'm talking about it in case people haven't seen these things. But it's been years. But the whole Batman versus, versus Superman thing when he has like when Batman finally realizes he's in the wrong, that moment was so just dumb so dumb because like he'd been he was just enraged this entire time at superman right he was just enraged like nothing he wanted in the universe more than to just murder the fuck out of superman Mm -hmm. right and there's one thing happens that doesn't really make sense and in that moment he's like oh my god and and then he did this wrong though but he doesn't he doesn't say anything he just like stops trying to murder superman he's like i'm gonna help you now and then and then literally in like 
uh, one scene later, uh, he's he's rescuing somebody, and the person's like, you know, like freaked out, and he says, "Don't worry, I'm I'm a I'm a friend of of Superman." Mm. Like, and this so this is this like this. I mean, uh, not in, historically, not historically, but going forward, not, not <laughs> sensically. Yeah. It was so it was just so weird. Well, so anyway, that so happened. I'm gonna watch Aquaman though. I mean, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. It is. Also, Good luck. <laughs> it is so long. It is. So, I don't understand. They had so many scenes. There's so many. That's settings. what Destructoid said about Crashlands. Yeah, well, they said, "Good luck. <laughs> this is too long. Maybe, maybe so, it's right in both contexts. I guess <laughs> not everything is for everyone." Uh, also, we have GDC coming up, so we're we're preparing for that. It's the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. So. Not a lot to say yet, other than that this is an interesting time for game development, because what it means is we have to shift our total focus for the next like four or five weeks on spectacles. Yep. Right. Polish and spectacle. Yeah, because we're going to be showing the game to different people at GDC, uh, people who get to make decisions about the success of the game, mm-hmm. and we have to blow their socks off. And so during this next four-week period, we have to enter this kind of uncomfortable phase of development where we know there's problems with the game. We, there, there's a laundry list of things, about 197 of them, <laughs> specifically, <laughs> roughly, that we need to fix that are maybe bugs, that are sort of systems problems, mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe your save gets randomly deleted or something. It doesn't, mm-hmm. probably, but it might. Okay. Like, that's a problem. But doesn't matter for a demo. Nope. Because there is no save. You're right? seeing, if someone's going to see it for 15 minutes, does, none of these bugs matter literally at all. Yep. So, so – Okay, go on a it has to work spectacularly for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and under contrived circumstances yep. and everything, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to enter this phase of development where we kind of let let problems sit, sit. and kind of pile up for a while mm-hmm. and just focus on visuals, Actually, uh, special effects, all that. I was just, uh, there was, uh, there was a, a book I just listened to about the history of the internet. It's a pretty new book. Um, and they were talking about, I think, the original iPhone, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, so Apple made this thing it was the first phone they'd ever made, right? And so they didn't know what they were doing, and they and they had this you know just crazy schedule of of trying to get this thing out. And then they went to go have you know Steve Jobs show it at at like one of the big things that he shows things at, and and it wasn't working. Like the day ahead of the day before, the device was not working. So it's the same deal. They had to control. They had to like find. They didn't have enough time to fix it, right? So they had to find this exact sequence of things that they could do that that, that had the highest probability of of. And they found like all this weird shit. It was like, if you would open the, if you would open the browser before you like tapped a certain button, it was like guaranteed to crash. There's like all these weird (laughs) connections. And they they even, they even hard coded the bars on the thing to, to be at five because they didn't know how much signal they were going to have. And they were doing this partnership. Oh, so they just faked it. They just faked it. They were doing this partnership with with AT&T and AT&T and t Mm. brought in a mobile antenna to guarantee that they would have the maximum possible signal they could possibly have like available mm-hmm. for this event. Right. And so they, they did all of these things so that the end result, it was like, literally they just had a map of like, Here's he has to do. go through exactly these right. steps from, from turning the thing on through turning it off at the end. Like, yeah. But I mean, this, you see this all the time. Yeah. Like that, that no man's sky uh, trailer that oh, yeah. everybody talks shit about. It's yep. like, there's, you know, when, when you're showing a product like this, that's in active development, it doesn't work. Yeah. No, it it's doesn't. inactive development, yeah. and you also you know? don't know exactly. You have an idea of what it's going to turn out to be, but you don't know exactly because that's still some. Yeah, you've got a vision for it, and you've got a lot of the pieces, and you also know the path for how to get the rest of the pieces in place. Mm-hmm. But there's just no time, right? And like you can't ask 
if you have a big tech demo coming up, we like we can't call the GDC community and be like, actually, can you guys just reschedule GDC for like two more months so <laughs> yeah, we can kind of touch up all these features? Yep. You know, you just gotta like there's a bunch of stuff in Levelhead, which isn't to say that we're not gonna portray like a dishonest version of it. It's just that we have to leave a lot of things until after GDC to to fix the known, the known bugs and stuff will, will just be there. Yeah, and if the yeah. bug is small enough, or you know, if it's infrequent mm-hmm. enough, we're like, fuck it, just let yep. it, let okay. it sit. You know, mm-hmm. let it ride. We'll fix it after. Um, so that's uncomfortable, but it's, I mean, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting part of development. Um, and then the last little bit of news, Apex Legends popped out mm-hmm. just a, out of the ether. Yeah. So this is a new a game. game. It's a battle Royale game from EA of all people. Uh, and they just launched it. They just launched it. They Beyonce, they Beyonce it, which is now sort of the term that's we the use term. for just suddenly launching a product that does extremely well. It um, sounds better than a fallout sheltered. They fall out shelter did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically what they did is, uh, and I think they knew it's set in the Titanfall universe. Did we talk about this last week? I can't remember. No. No. Um, but it's set in the Titanfall universe. And, and the major major reason why they didn't talk about it was because they knew that if they said, oh, we're taking Titanfall, which people like, uh, we're going to make a free-to-play game and it's a battle royale, that everyone would have just rioted. Yeah. So instead they were just like, so we're just going to cash grab bullshit because mm-hmm. also it's EA. And yep. They don't so instead the they just didn't say anything about it and then just launched it. On like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, you don't give people time to be mad about about it existing. Yeah, and it's been popping off like hotcakes. It's like got a ten million players in three days. It's also how Diablo Mobile should have been. That's dealt exactly with. what they should. That been. should not have been a BlizzCon announcement. Nope. No, that should. Because yeah. <laughs> I think like if that just suddenly appeared and I was like, oh shit, and I and I could just go play it on my phone, I would have gone and played it. Yep, just to see, you know. Yeah. But, but now because, I'm just mad about it. And I'm not even <laughs> mad about it. I'm just so now amused by the whole situation that I'm now beyond caring about yep. it. And now it's just not a thing that I that's on my radar. Yeah, so that's weird. It's like anti-hype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if there's yep. something that that you know is good, but that because of the context that, got kind that of people would have a hard time accepting it. Yeah, you should not talk, say a word. Just about don't it. say a word. Don't say a word. Just just making it suddenly available, and then they got mm-hmm. they're like, well, I object, but it is free. But and it's I'm also kind here. of interesting too because. It's actually – it's taking advantage of the anti-hype, right? Because yeah. now you have a whole bunch of people who want to be mad about it. So they're going to go look they for reasons to be mad about it. And then instead they have to go they, play yeah. it they come out to and find they go, out what to be mad about. Yeah. And then they come out and they go, actually, it's pretty good. I really yeah. like this. Yeah. So, yeah, so actually, I think, everybody. I think the toxicity in that in that case actually works in your favor if you then – If you have a good product. If you have a good product. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a good product and you, and you don't give a chance so, – so you allow the people who want to be mad to try to be mad by – buying and using your product mm-hmm. right in this case it's free so you just get on exactly it. but the but problem so, is if you if you do that before it's available so people can't go try it all they can do is speculate and be mad then there's no recovery from that right i i will say i i won't be playing it primarily because which in, one the the apex yeah. legends i was watching the trailer and stuff and there's a lot of very gruesome like murder in it someone uh, said really? it's, a, it's Fortnite for adults yeah <laughs> it's the framing yeah like I saw, I saw a scene where somebody somebody wins and like the other person like grabs him by the neck and like takes out a knife and like stabs him in the belly you know and I'm like <laughs> I don't uh, like this I haven't seen it yeah yeah I don't need that I don't like it hmm. I don't like it yeah so but it is I mean other people like it so it's going very well um or wait, maybe I'm thinking of that other one Anthem no Anthem they have like they have dope like mech suits that they're flying around and so probably okay so stop that one yeah. yeah somebody gets stabbed I don't know. Is it Mortal like, Kombat you're thinking about? Because that was no. <laughs> a lot of stabbing in there. That's fucked up. There um, will be a Mortal Kombat battle royale. Oh my sure. god! But yeah, so it's it's interesting because this you see this environment really heating up with you know all these entrants into the battle royale market, and so the question is, you know, where's Fortnite at on its sort of life cycle, and how is it gonna sustain and survive off of things like this? Um, 
Well, I mean, I they, they just started plateauing, I believe, like on they're, Twitch streamers. They're going to plateau, and, and yeah, you're also seeing the Twitch streamers and the popular influencers have have done that pivot that always happens in a game's life cycle, which is they play the game for 16 hours a day, and at a certain point, they're mad about it. Mm-hmm. They're just they just all they can see yeah, is flaws. Bugs, yeah. yeah, and a lot of their content comes down to them sort of complaining about problems that the game has, or complaining about the developers or whatever, um, and. I mean, the, the thing that always keeps people entrenched in these games is their communities, their their friends are playing and all that stuff. So no matter what, it's still really hard to unseat yeah. the winner, you know. And you saw this like back uh, when when the the game of its day was World of Warcraft with 12 million mm-hmm. subscribers, and there was every every six months a new quote WoW killer came out, which was an MMO that looked mm-hmm. a lot like WoW, played a lot like WoW, had some iteration on the features. Uh, but that game would pop up, be real popular for a month or two, and then Die. people would go back to play with their friends, you know. So could go that way with this one. Yeah, that's what I'm curious. Yeah. About. I'm not. I'm really curious to see kind of how the how it plays out over the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah or maybe it, it's just a different niche. You know, it'll find maybe, it's, yeah. I think it'll be a different niche, um, and, and and some of that niche might be taken out of Fortnite. Um, and you know, at some point, Fortnite will stop growing. It has to because mm-hmm. markets get saturated. Yeah. That's just what happens. Mm-hmm. And then once you've saturated a market declined is just has to be the next phase because otherwise unless you're doing something very interesting and clever to kind of keep the churn so that you're bringing in new people as fast as you're losing but people. even i mean like minecraft is still no one talks about it anymore but they posted like their best year ever yeah year. and they and they still <laughs> have have more concurrent users at any given moment than fortnite has yep. do they for yeah. real wow or, or daily active yeah. users and of course and of course, and out, of course what you same. saw at that time was every 10th game to come out was, was a, a blocky mm-hmm. sort yep. of 3D crafting game, yeah. right? So, but the interesting thing to me here is that you don't nobody's talking about Minecraft, right? It's just it's just that's what I mean. It's just off doing its thing. Same thing with Candy Crush. Candy, Candy Crush is still yeah. making two billion a year. Also, think about like, just making think about Roblox. Like, yep. I the only place I ever hear about Roblox fine. is on Games Industry Biz. Every like six months, they're like. By the way, we just made the most money we've ever made. And it's like, no one. Yeah. <laughs> no I know one no one who's talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Is Roblox from a publicly traded company? I have no idea. Well, no, I don't I, think so. People aren't talking about it because people only talk about new things. Yeah. So, like, the Roblox has been around. A that's long why time. it's called news, right? Because yeah. it's like, if, if you say, like, Roblox is still making a bunch of money, it's like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not news. Well, that's is, old. It's, it's interesting, though, that, that the framing is like this because it makes everybody feel like there's just all this really active, like, arrival and decay of all these games yeah. and like if something is the, but we have these games that have been just been doing fun like actually world of warcraft as much shit as everybody gives it has had a stable population of players yeah for 15 for years 15 years right and everyone's yeah. everyone's yeah. freaking out because they're like uh every with every new expansion they get those new players come back in and they all go away again and they're like oh no like this is yeah the death of, of blizzard mm-hmm. i mean shit but, the story i told from this weekend is from eve online which came out in 2003 yeah yeah and, so. <laughs> and they're also and like and that company's also freaked out because they're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. we're not collecting new users or whatever. And they, you know, they went free to play to see or had a free trial, yeah, or whatever they yeah. did, uh, and got that huge spike of players that literally all all left immediately, and they were back to their core players again. <laughs> yep. And and they're like, and they're freaking out about this. But like, the fact is, if you have a core set of players who love the thing that you made, and you're making enough money to do fine, that can be fine. It's not even can be fine. That's to me. That's the preferred, less crazy way of doing right. things. Because well, if not you, if you're publicly traded. That's exactly that's because problem, you yeah. need growth. Because yeah. your cust- your players are not your customers. Your shareholders are your right. customers. Mm-hmm. You and CCP is not publicly. I don't traded, think so. Don't think. But yeah, they they've done a lot of interesting stuff. Like they made a first person shooter called Dust Five Fourteen. It was a 
PlayStation only game hmm. and it existed in the same oh, yeah, it was, servers. It was on the planet. It was on the planets in Eve. of Eve. And so like players in space playing Eve online could support players in their in their first person shooter games by doing orbital bombardments and, and stuff. So like if you called down an airstrike That's and, pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like if you really called down is. an airstrike in this first person shooter, there's literally another player flying a fucking spaceship doing it. And like in a ship that they built, you know, like with a group of other like it's crazy. Um, but the problem was it was it was restricted to PlayStation only, and the almost the you know, of course the entire Eve player oh, was otherwise PlayStation PC. only. Yeah. What the hell kind of decision? So was then that? it died. You know, it died. That Nobody, is the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it was not good. Um, and then and then they also Wait, so they had a PC only game supporting a PlayStation only game. Yeah, I, I'll have to double off to fact yeah, check that, right. but I'm pretty sure that's it was, how it was console only at least. So is. Yeah, because I remember, I remember, I wanted to play Dust, but, but I couldn't. You couldn't because you uh, have a five hundred dollars. Yeah, which was true. There's a lot of you players. I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, pissed <laughs> and how stupid that decision uh, but, was. But I mean, it's not, it's not the case that this company just made this one game and then that's all they've done. Because they've also done VR games and they've, been, they've been trying yeah, they've to, done, they've been yeah. trying to spin off and expand. Because also they realize, you know, the, the the future of Eve Online is stable or down. Like that's kind of the, yeah. those are the two kind of options. Uh, a lot of people who would have tried it at some point in the past uh, 17 years or 16 years <laughs> probably have at this <laughs> point. True. If you've been long, if you've been around that long, you can kind of count on. You're not looking. Yeah. You're not. You're not going to get a huge new spike. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's that. But you will with a new game, right? So yeah, it's all very all very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. We got a shiny new page, courtesy of Adam. Mm-hmm. So thank you, sir. Uh, we also have a whole new suite of questions on this page and all the old questions. If you had them on the, if you had asked something on the old website, those are gone now. We, we killed it. They're dead. We burned it down. They're not dead. Well, actually, they, yeah, they will be. I They'll think, be dead. By the time this goes live. Uh, so if you did ask a question a while back and you want to sort of refresh it, then move back over, uh, go to podcast.bsketch.net and ask on there. Uh, first question comes from My Secret Weapon. When I finally get around to ordering my copy of Metaphorgasm by Sam Coster, a oh, collection God. of- a collection of poems chronicling the life and mind of a male college cheerleader in his unfortunate imagination infused with a sass load a freight train couldn't carry. I assume that's the tagline of Probably, the, yeah, <laughs> right. of the actual book. Can I send it off to get it signed by Sam and maybe even the rest of the Beastgotch crew? Very funny. You can bring I, it. I will definitely sign it. I don't know if Sam will. You can bring Sam it. Sam will draw like a middle finger on it. Yeah. Like, Stop buying this book. <laughs> Someone brought one to Shenanicon yeah. and then showed me that after everything was done, winding it down, like after we had hung out for a couple hours after the show even, um, he's like, oh, I got something I want that, you know, I'd like to show you. And I was like, all right. He's like, yeah, come back to my car. And I was like, you're going to kill me? And he's like, no, no, we're good. <laughs> so we walk over there uh, and he pulls out the book and he just starts kind of giggling. Anyway. Yeah, I died anyways on the inside. Um, and then he's like, can you sign it? <laughs> so I just wrote, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> But I think I'm not sure. I'll need to check. Uh, I think because I still haven't updated anything in that whole like Amazon account system that actually has the book. I think it might not be available anymore. Oh, so how do you feel? I'll, about I'll need that? to look. Fantastic. I'll need, I'll need <laughs> to look into it. But I think it's actually gone. Okay. I think the best thing about this is like because you're so appalled. By the fact that this book exists, it makes people want to. It's like know, you've got I, your Streisand I I, effect. I know. <laughs> Every time we talk about it, I try to just be like, I don't, I don't even care. I don't even know. No, I don't care about you know, it. But you can't betray your feelings. When you wrote a book of poetry when you're 18, it's like, no, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to feel it. Hashtag deep. 
right. Uh, next question comes from Coffee Chemist. Do y'all give good hugs? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think I'm the of uh, the best judge of that. So know? here's the thing: it's Why are you a good judge of your own hugs? It's only the person who's being hugged. Who can nah, good hugs know. are in the eye of the huggy. Of the huggy. <laughs> No, I think I think some people. I guess it is a huggy. It has to be, right? It must be. I don't. I think when you when you hug someone, you have to be showing that you're like comfortable with them. No, you have to be showing off your strength. <laughs> you could go for the rib crush. Yeah. Exactly. Now, crush. so hugging, there's a couple of issues that sometimes can get in the way here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one is if you are a diagonal hugger. I hate diagonal right? huggers. Like one arm up, one arm down, kind of do the- Oh, no, that's fine. I thought you were talking about as far as like how your bodies are oriented. Oh, space. no, like no, like a lean-in, like a weird- The leaning, the leaning or prefer, like the side hugging. I prefer the cross-shaped one where I just like, I just run and jump and then oh, kind of turn sideways. sideways. How do you so, hug from the side? <laughs> you, you wrap around. It's just like- or you like So you have one arm goes around the neck. No, no, it's like your, your, your arms are kind of going up completely because you're like, <laughs> you're kind of whipping around them like a bolo. You know? <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, so you, a bolo. So hug. you run, <laughs> you run, and then you leap, and then and turn, you turn sideways, sideways. Yeah, yeah. and then you just and you bolo. You sort like of a belt. You, yeah, you like a belt. You encapsulate them. I like those with your entire hug. body, or like a slap bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> you just slap, slap hug them. Yeah, if yeah. you hug like a slap bracelet, does it make a sound? Right. Is it like? And then you have, <laughs> yeah, I, do, I really wish you cut in movies where they have those scenes where people are, are like so see each other each from other. afar <laughs> and they start running across the field, you know, that that, that, that was the, the kind of hug that they would provide. That would be so, unreal. So you kind of jump. Let me try to, so you jump, it's, it rotate tr- yeah, yeah. to jump. be parallel with the floor. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But still facing the person. Yes, correct. <laughs> you you hit them you hit sort him of so like. You hit them with your like you belly. Kind of you kind of belly to belly. You hit them abdominal up to abdominals. Then you fold around them. Correct. Now. <laughs> this seems hard on the knees in the sense that once the your knees person. bend the other way to finish the fold, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you've you, got a medical problem. You, your arms are trapped and you basically grab the backs of your yeah, knees. Yeah, you, you're doing almost like a somersault tuck. Yeah. But there's a person wedged between, <laughs> between you and your legs. You know? and, then and then they're standing there with their arms up, uh-huh. but now there's a person just wrapped around their Well, they have to hug down there. Exactly. So they hug down. And then they kind of hug down and pat you on the back. <laughs> Yep, they coo a little bit. Yeah, Ooh, nice, nice job. That yep. was a good uh, slap, good slap hug. It? Slap hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's one way. Yeah, that's one approach. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously the best way. It's the best one. Uh, you got to make sure. There's that- another good one though. Where when two people, two two people like are. <laughs> Are doing like those flip things, those flip routines, you know, like uh-huh. at each other, really, really fast. Oh, back handsprings, like handsprings. They keep getting higher and higher and higher, and they do a final leap and they hug in midair. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a really good one. Only Olympic gymnasts can do it. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Doctors hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, hug your Olympic gymnast friends with this one weird trick. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, the kind of hugs I hate are the the diagonal ones where they come like your bodies are actually facing away from each other. Still, I'm like, what are we doing? Get your like. What is that? Get in here. To keep bring it in. Too friendly, you know. Right, but don't hug me if we're not friendly. Yeah. Then Why? You, then you should just I mean? go for the handshake. Just go for a handshake. If you're gonna give me or a, a diagonal hug, fist bump, handshake, give me. Pat what do you back think about the combo hug shake? Where you like they put they put their hand up. All right. So for starters, I have a. Oh, I, I never those. know what to do with handshakes because everybody's got their, their own, own brand. Style. Yeah, you can be careful. So, so I put their, I put my hand out, and somebody's like, "Boom!" And now their hands upside down, <laughs> and I'm like, "Do I?" And then I like I grab it or something. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then, and then they take it up a notch. Where like once you engage, then they're like, "Bring it in!" And now your hand's shaking, but then also you've Hugging. got like a one arm hug. Mm-hmm. 
and this whole yeah. situation escalates. I enjoy those. I'm good for those. I yeah, like them, fun. but I wish there was a better They're way. Just to, to predict. There, there needs to be a, like a turning signal. Well, so that's yeah, that's actually what hugging. it is. If you if you handshake like a normal handshake, you do not go in for the hug. Also, if you handshake with your hand up, so both your hands are angled upward, and you clasp them. Clasp. If you clasp your hands together, yeah. then you pull in because then your bicep can and work. The signal there, yank each other yeah, in the signal there is that your hand is basically up. But yes, also, but also, the pass. other arm needs to be out where you're like, I am. This is a hug yes. move. So you said you come at someone like a you come at somebody like you're about to dance. Like you're about with to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess you're you like. Are. Let's tango uh-huh. very briefly yep. with no music. Yes. Yeah. That's what a hug is. That right? is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we, I think we've got mm-hmm. this whole hugging thing figured out. Right? Yeah. No. All right, next question. <laughs> next question comes from Beaky Baba Boob. Oh, Beaky Baba Boob's killing it. Beaky Baba Boob is really on the question game. <laughs> uh, Beaky Baba Boob says, are there any items you really wanted to add to Levelhead, but you decided you shouldn't because of some reason? Yeah. So, but I think we're kind of backpedaling on a lot of them. We are. So, like, for example, we wanted to we wanted to give players camera control, and we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't do it for the longest time because we thought people are going to use this to to troll people. Like, they're going to use this to ruin other people's experiences. And we can't trust players with this power. Mm-hmm. But then we thought about it. We're like, we're already trusting players with literally all the power. Yep. yep. And so, we have all these – all of our quality-based algorithms should yeah. make it such that if people are leaving your level because you're like constantly vibrating the camera as they're walking, which would be really annoying. Right. Then um, we should have systems that just suppress it. The suppress should, we'll should we talk about the dumpster fire? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so I finished – so last week I finished the main menu for the game, which is uh, – it's basically sort of like – it's basically looking out over the level head campus and space station uh, where all this stuff is happening. And so – uh, the idea was to really set this in the universe in a big way. So instead of navigating through a bunch of buttons, you're actually navigating like this little town thing. And as part of the sketching process, we were trying to figure out where to put the levels that manage to get out of the marketing department. So first you, you build your level, you publish it, it goes into marketing. Um, and that's where everybody plays basically these untested levels. Because basically everything will get out of there if you if you are playing other people's levels. Yeah. And like so what you can do then is so you your level goes into marketing once it's published – uh, and then you go into marketing, play some other people's levels, and then dump your exposure bucks that you earn from marketing into your own levels, which pushes them up the charts. And then people basically play, you know, what's at the top. So uh, your levels kind, of, levels kind of cycle out of there really fast. And they then get – after a certain number of plays, we use that as the sort of statistical basis for how hard a level it is, what the quality is. And then those go into the tower, which is where all the levels that have been passed marketing live. The problem is levels can get out of the marketing department that haven't actually been beaten yet. Because yeah. we just check for a certain number of plays um, and so a certain level of quality. And so you can have a level that people are actually engaging with quite a bit uh, that gets actually a good number of plays, but that no one has managed to finish yet. But you can also get a level that hasn't been finished because nobody wants to finish it. Yes. Yeah. But we can't tell the difference between those two And things. probably most things are not finished because people don't want to finish them. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. for example, you made a really hard level and then just didn't put any checkpoints in there. Yeah. You know? So it's like yeah. it's hard but also annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to ride that line. Yeah. And I want to so, challenge. It's got to be hard in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge, but I don't want to ruin my life. You yeah. know what I mean? And also it allows us to find those levels because a lot of the levels that we see in games like Super Mario Maker are actually using glitches to make it so that, like that's the only way you can clear the level. Uh, and so it's already been the case that even just with our tiny little uh, QA testers, the levels that tend to be used for glitches. Where were, are QA testers tiny? 
They're very small. Our <laughs> <laughs> tiny group of QA testers. Oh, right. The thing oh, is, gotcha. yeah, the thing is, we just got this little room in the back, uh-huh. and we just didn't have the space. You just had to fit them in there. You yeah. shove them in there until they it's fit. One of the criteria. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they that we've it's already been the case that the unbeaten floor, which is what we were just sort of taking to calling it, the unbeaten levels were already showing us places where people were taking advantage of glitches that we didn't even know were present. Yeah. So. Uh, it's been really good for us because it puts content in there that one is either boring, right, where you you don't actually want to beat it because it's too hard or dumb or whatever else. Yeah. And then two might use a glitch that you can't figure out as yeah. a player. And so you just literally can't proceed. Yeah. There's no challenge because like mm-hmm. e- either you know the glitch and can proceed or you don't and can't. Yes. And there's no there's no in between. Yeah. And there's no way to figure it out because it's a glitch. So you need to know how exactly to work it. Yeah. And so in the original drawing for the main menu for the sort of space station setting uh, – we had thought about basically making a dumpster, which had the five that would be on fire. That would be on there would be a literal dumpster fire, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's where, where those levels go. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. actually it was in the drawing for a good. So while. we have the tower, and the tower is where the the beatable be- levels that have been beaten, and we know mm-hmm. how hard they are. You that's know, where they live. Yeah. yeah, that's where they live. And then there's a dumpster fire next to it, mm-hmm. which is where the levels that nobody's beaten go. Yep, because yep. we assume that most of the time. It hasn't been beaten because nobody wants to get to the end. Yes. Yeah. And there could be some good stuff in there potentially, but but we knew that also that would that would then arise a whole group of people yeah. who would just go dumpster diving trying to find mm-hmm. the good stuff out of there. But we ended up taking it out. Uh, but it would still no be reasons. sorted by best. Like if you look yeah. in the dumpster, you know they would the levels would still be sorted by best, which yep. is like levels that people actually spent a bunch of they time around with and stick yeah. around. Yeah. Um, so you'd still have some good stuff in there. But mostly not. Mostly unbeatable, basically. Yeah, we've also found the same thing about um, the low difficulties. Yes. So, so we we have this this idea of a clear rate, which is Mario Maker has the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every time you play through the level, that counts as an attempt. Um, and when you die, then that counts as a failure, right? And if you win, then that's a success, mm-hmm. of course. So, so you have all these kind of metrics about like how many times people. Uh, play levels, how many times they die, and then you can calculate sort of a, a general difficulty rating out of it. So if people win like half the time, then you might think, oh, that's a, you know, 50% win rate. That's probably maybe kind of tough. It's like, no, Mm-mm. that's extremely easy, right? Yeah. Because in almost all scenarios, if there's even the vaguest challenge of any kind, um, then people will, die. People will start to die, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, so you have to actually start the filter at like a, like I think, like a 30% win rate. So like, yeah. like people would typically die a couple times on their way to beating the level um, before you actually have any kinds of levels that have any kind of interesting features or anything. Yeah. And that ramps up what are, so the top two categories are like 1% and 2%. Yeah. But the difference, it sounds like a small difference, but that's the difference between one in a hundred and one in 50. Yeah. Right. In terms of like how many times people yeah. beat the level. So, um, you know, it's, it, it really, it really, percentages are weird, you know, because of course, as you get closer to zero yes, percent, it's it, infinite. Yeah. But yeah. So we did, we did take out the dumpster fire, but uh, it was, uh, it was an idea. Yeah. It was an idea. I liked it. And and it well, we, we ditched it only because just aesthetically, we couldn't figure out where to put the dumpster, really. Well, yeah, it's hard <laughs> to, yeah, it's hard to just make a dumpster, like be a dumpster in space. In and space. Have it be cool. Yeah. It's just a dumpster. It's just a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, I mean, I think, you know, we, we want people to feel like their levels are definitely going into like, you know, the basement, but not necessarily a dumpster that is on fire. I mean, I kind of want people to feel like that. <laughs> Maybe. I did. Like you <laughs> make something, you make something that nobody wants to finish. It's like, we're putting that in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. We should, or because you can see through your little window, right? Mm-hmm. You can see your little, like your little place you're staying. You could have put a, a stove in there with a back burner. 
Mm. Then we can put stuff in there. Yeah. Levels just go on. And it. then when you hover over it, it's just on fire because <laughs> then it becomes the incinerator. Yeah, it's the, the back burner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could also, in the chair, uh, have a back burner that burns your back. Yeah, that would work too. I dig it. Yeah, just to get some yeah. extra UV and stuff like that. All right, next question comes from Conspiring Lizard for 20 grand teen. I've been Conspiring to what? We'll find out. To, to Lizard. Lizard. <laughs> of course. For 20 grand teen, I've been doing uh, yoga daily via YouTube. Ooh, nice. It makes me feel good and helps me get a bit stronger. I also do some workouts, but sometimes I feel like going to a gym would enhance my fitness. How do you guys feel about yoga? If I'm just starting out, should I drop dollars on a gym membership? Or just do home body weight workouts. Hmm. I, mean, I think it depends on what works for you. I've always found that going to a place that's not my house and not having YouTube be the master of the the thing that I'm looking at um, just helps me not do. Or I guess it helps me just do the thing I'm trying to do as opposed to accidentally, you know, fall into a YouTube. Yeah. Or something like that. So well, and of course, if you're working out on YouTube, then either you've got your phone, which is its own thing, or you're doing it in front of like the computer or something like that, and now you're kind of like working out in an office, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird and vibe. group settings for workouts, even if you're just going to the gym with a buddy or going to like a yoga class, uh, they do tend to cause you to push a bit harder. Oh, yeah. Than you would so it depends what you want to do. I mean, if, if it's working for you just to, you know, go be at home and sort of ease into it that way, then yeah, just 100% keep on doing that. But if you want to, basically if you want to sort of up the intensity a little bit, then, then yeah, I mean, I think spending, investing in yourself a little bit on the health side is one of the best things you could do. And you can also, you can also scale things up. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so I have a membership at planet fitness, which is $10 a month. Right. Cause it's subsidized for the, like each person who does go to the gym, there's 98 other people who are also (laughs) paying $10 a month and have never gone. Right. right? So you get cheap gym memberships because of how much people don't want to go to the gym. So you can take advantage of that. Um, And then I I think like Sam said, having a sort of compartmentalizing your day, having some, some travel time and prep time, so that you're planning out when you're going to work out, you know, maybe like at the beginning of the day, you're packing a gym bag or something like that. Um, it kind of creates these rituals around it that reinforce the habit. And then while you're there, you want to make good use of your time. You don't want to like drive for 10 minutes to the gym, spend 10 minutes at the gym and drive 10 minutes back. That seems yep. crazy, right? So you're going to just naturally sort of spend a little more time. Um, and I also like to look up uh, workouts online. And just get like a pre-made plan and you can get all kinds of free workouts from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that way you're also not having to constantly make the decision as you're working out of when to stop, which is like yeah. if you're working out at home or whatever. Yeah, to me the most important thing of all of this, it doesn't matter where you're working out. It doesn't matter what kind of exercise you're into or doing. Uh, if you have to make decisions, that's where it all falls Because you can always decide to not. Yeah. yeah. Or to do less. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean yoga generally is great. Fantastic. Yeah. Makes you all limber and strong. So I don't think, I don't think regular yoga, because there, there are all kinds of variants too. Yeah, I don't think regular yoga is a good cardio thing. No, it's not going to be cardio. But. Um, yeah. So if you're wanting cardio health, you'll have to find, mm-hmm. you know, some other means. And I, I think cardio health is actually probably the most important one cardiovascular health. In terms yeah, of in not term, dying, in terms yeah, of like long term health and not dying and all that good stuff, yeah. uh, I think that's the actual, the, the rest of like, the Make, make you feel good and look yeah, good, which is also of, important. In terms of feeling really good, I think yoga is probably one of the better ones. Yeah. Because you just get all – you get stretched out, which is nice. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I think just come up with a plan. Come up with a way to not have to make decisions. Yeah. Yes, that's the key. That's Pre-decide the and then stop deciding. Yeah. And I think and, – and I know like my, my wife's done some like online hit courses and things and some mm-hmm. and some yoga that – where there's just an instructor and there's a plan where it's just like – Here's there's you know ten videos for or there's forty videos or whatever 
And so you just do a video a day, right? right. Um, and and some of those and some of those are paid, some of them are not. Uh, I don't think it really matters if if you can if you can afford to pay for it. It's usually a little bit more convenient to mm-hmm. actually to do that. Um, and uh, and the, just having somebody tell you what to do. Yeah, well, I think the other nice thing about doing the in person ones is those that you get that you get that fitness camaraderie, like the health camaraderie, yeah. where like you're with other people who are also doing it. And well, so it you, you might make friends, you know, from your yoga class, which is super nice. Yeah, well, even when you do, I do think that 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 uh, seeing other people who are like fit oh, yeah. and like trying to do stuff, there was a. Uh, I think the the first the first morning I was doing Orange Theory, I was I was on the treadmill and there was a woman next to me who was just fucking crushing it, mm-hmm. like just crushing it. She was like sprinting the whole time <laughs> on the treadmill, right? And we were, and we were bouncing back and forth between doing uh doing the rowing machine and mm-hmm. doing the treadmill, so we'd like have to go run for a certain amount of of uh, distance and then go row for a certain amount of distance. And so and she just out outpaced me. Like I'm not in any good physical shape so it's not surprising but the degree to which she did it ridiculous was crazy yeah. it was she was she just crushed it i was like okay i need to be like this you know like i was like watching this happen and it was and and, I, and one way you could approach that is be like oh i'll never be like that then be bummed about it but the other one is just be like i'm certainly not i'm not even fucking close to that now but it is possible but that's a, it's possible this person for, uh, for a it. person right. to do it uh so now, now all of a sudden you have like somebody to aspire to it's kind of like when i was watching wonder woman uh-huh you know and she's like she's going through through this town with her like her her trio of 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 buddies. Uh, of buddies behind her, mm-hmm. right? And they're just like they're letting her get ahead. And there's this moment where she's like leaping across the rooftops mm-hmm. by bursting through walls, right? By kneeing people and then through kneeing the walls. people through them in slow motion. <laughs> and these three guys are like then down on the street level, like also running alongside and doing their thing, but kind of like watching this happen. And I was like, if you were if you were running alongside that. You know? Yeah, it's so fucking inspiring. Yeah. How could you not just be fucking pumped? Yeah. Right? And. uh <laughs> You could, on the other hand, be like, oh, I'm not Wonder Woman. I'm just, I'm just, this mm-hmm. lame, I'm not a, lame, demi- I'm not a demigod. Yeah, so right. I guess the, so what's, the what's even the point? That, that could be how you respond to it, mm-hmm. but definitely the, the more appropriate response and the one that's more fun is to just be inspired and pumped. Just be like, mm-hmm. how do I get closer? Yeah. To how that? do I get closer to that? Even size? like one degree. You yeah. Because the reality bit. is, like, I'm never going to be as fit as whoever this You're not going to be put, kicking people through walls. And I'm never going to be kicking, I'm never going to be Wonder Woman, right? But you can mm-hmm. kick people into a wall. Yeah, you know, <laughs> up not? against can, a wall. I could kick a wall. You could, you could kick yeah. all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can just always be better. <laughs> so, you, know? you could always be better at kicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, those slow mo scenes though, amazing. Yeah, so good, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> I love the scene when she, they were in the no man's land between the trenches. You know, yeah, yeah. and she's like, I got this. So iconic. She just, she just starts walking. Mm-hmm. She just got her shield. And then she starts running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're on the other side, I'd be like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's literally just walking up to us. Yep, little boy. Yeah, at that point you're just like, I did. I'm done. Yep. We're done warring. I'm just gonna lay down. War is done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it off. Everybody lay Calling down. It off. Yep. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producer Fat Bard for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net. Not if you would. You would just go there and do it. You would. So do it. <laughs> uh, also, we've got merch, links to the community Discord, and a way for you to donate uh, all over there at the at the site. So go there and just check it there. out. Just all that one place. It's just all go, there. Go to that place. Uh, so do that. Thank podcast, you all for listening. Podcast, just go there. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.